welcome. You are listening to Grace Capital Church Podcast. Hey, if you've got your Bibles, um, go ahead and turn to John chapter 15. If you don't have your Bibles, you've got a smartphone or a halfway um, intelligent phone, whatever, um, open up the Bible app there, go to John chapter 15. If you don't have your Bible, but you've got uh, an offering envelope in front of you, there's a pen in that pocket as well, go ahead and jot down some notes, because uh, I, I want you to write down the scriptures that we're going through this morning. Uh, if you've got a notebook, even better. We'll use that offering envelope later today. Um, John chapter 15, beginning with verse 1, says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Ow. God, God, I was doing some good stuff. Pruning's a painful process. It hurts. Pruning isn't like when you go swimming and you just kind of shrivel up. That's a form of pruning, but it's not what he's referring to there. Pruning is when you actually cut. You take these loppers and you snip off productive pieces of the branch. That hurts. Pruning is a painful process. It's a removing. It's a taking away. It's a wiping away. It's a clearing away. It's getting rid of stuff in our lives. Cutting off. Every, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That it, be, that, it may bore, that it may bear more fruit. He prunes for fruitfulness. I pushed out an apple. Can't you be happy with one? No. He prunes so that it may bear more fruit. So that on that same branch next season, there may be six apples. Don't settle for one. Don't settle for, like, I'm doing some good stuff. He prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. If, you know, we have probably lots of vintners here in the room. You know, this climate is perfect for that. Vintners are people that grow grapes and make wine. Um, lots, lots of vineyards all through New Hampshire. And I know someone's going to contradict me and say, no, I know in New London there's a vineyard. So there's one. Um, <laughs> there's the vine and there's the branch. On the branch is where fruit grows. It comes out. But if you were to take that branch and set it all by itself, it's doing diddly squat. It's not doing anything on its own. The only way that branch can do anything is to stay connected to the vine. The vine is Jesus Christ. And the only way that we can do anything, he, he says, apart from, me, you can, apart from me, you can do nothing. 
And I know there's going to be people in the room right now, some self-starters, some entrepreneurs, some business owners, some people who um, have set their mind to lose weight and diet and exercise. And you're going to say, apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, that's wrong. Look at my business. It's profitable. I built that all on my own. Look at me. I'm slim and fit because I go to the gym every morning. This isn't me. Trust me, I'm not slim and fit. (laughs) The jacket helps. I go to the gym every morning, and I'm the one sweating. You don't see God sweating there on the treadmill. That's me. I did that. I chose not to eat at McDonald's and instead have this lousy salad. Look at me. I did it. I I know there's going to be some in the room who say, no, I did some good stuff. I raised my kids. And my kids then went off to college and then went and got married and then made grandbabies for me. I did that. Sure, you've done some good stuff. Let's everyone just round of applause real quick for all the good people that do stuff. Eventually, eventually your job, your business, eventually at some point, it's going to fall. It's going to fail. It's going to burn up. Or, or maybe you'll just die. This is a feel-good message. <laughs> Those kids you raised, they had grandbabies for you. Awesome. But eventually they're going to die. They're going to pass away. You're going to die. You're going to pass away. That diet and exercise, eventually you're going to get tired of waking up early in the morning and sweating away. and You're going to go to McDonald's. You're going to supersize it, and you're going to get fat again, too. (laughs) Told you, this is a feel-good message. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah, you might do some good stuff, but it's not eternal. The only things, the only fruit in your life that will last forever are the things that you do in the power of Jesus. The things that you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, that is is the fruit that Jesus is talking about. It's the eternal fruit. It's the stuff that will live on forever. It's the Marcus Aurelius at the beginning of Gladiator when he says, what we do today will echo in eternity. That's the fruit that Jesus is talking about. It's the fruit that lasts. It's not the fruit that withers. It's not the fruit that fades. It's not the fruit that you have to throw away or feed to your animals because it started molding. I question how much you love your animal if you feed it moldy fruit. (laughs) Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Get that straight. Jesus is the vine. And we are the branches. You're not the vine. You're not the life giver. You're not the one. You cannot do it on your own. I could take a branch and I could stick it on the stage and we could watch it and maybe even go, come on, little branch, we believe in you. And it's not going to bear any fruit. It's the life from the vine that pushes that fruit out. That's why, and this is... Something maybe for someone right here. 
Maybe you're here today and you haven't been here for years. You, you're, you, you, you just disconnected from church. How was life like, little branch, sitting there on your own, trying to push life out, trying to do life on your own? Probably wasn't easy. Probably didn't amount to much. We need to be grafted into the vine where true life comes from. And through that, that's where fruit will grow. Lasting, good, plentiful fruit. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. We can throw labels on stuff all the time. We can, no, I'm a disciple. I'm a disciple. I'm a good boy. I don't think it's about titles. I don't think it's about labels. I don't think... That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Abide in my love. Stay in my life. Abide means to remain, to connect, to, to stay close, to dwell within. That's abide. That, that means that when we, when we follow Jesus, when we say, I have decided to follow Jesus, it's not just for Sunday morning. Um, here's... here's <laughs> Here's, here's the conflict. There are those that go to church. And there are those who are the church. There's a vast difference. This isn't a meeting. This isn't just a Sunday morning gathering where you can get your fill for a little bit. You know, I had my ears tickled. Feel good about myself. This is, and then just go about your way for the rest of the week. It's, that, that isn't even what our desire for life groups are. Where we say, you know, are you in a life group? Are you connected with others? The whole thing with life groups is that we're doing life together. That means that we're abiding in Christ and we're abiding together with others. It means that we're spending time with others. Not just in a meeting. I, I meet Wednesday from 6.30 until 8 o'clock. Nice safe time frame. I will always show up at 6.35 because I can't get my act together. Just speak to anyone? Anyone walk through the door after 11 o'clock this morning? Ouch. Um, and man, we end at 8.30, and I might even have to leave at 8.29 just to get out of there because people are starting to get a little touchy-feely, and I'm just not comfortable with that. We're doing life together. It means that even outside of your Wednesday from 6.35 to 8.29, that, that you're, you're calling people up that you're connected with because you're doing life with them. I heard there's a good movie playing over at the theater. You want to go with us? Why don't you guys come over and 
Yeah, we'll have dinner. You want to grab coffee tomorrow? Let's do life together. It's not a meeting. We're not calling people to gather together for a meeting so that we can check the box and then go on to the rest of life. When we're abiding, we're doing life together. We're connected. Come over to my house and we'll play some Parcheesi. So... There are those who go to church and those are, there are those who are the church. We need people who are the church. We need people who are sold out 100%. I know this will cost me everything and I don't care. I'm going for it. We need people who are the church. We need people who, no matter where you go, no matter where you find yourself. See, this is a building. This is a building. Some people will say, oh, that's sacrilege. You're, no, this is, this is the holy temple. No, this is just a building. We just, literally, two by fours, there's some metal studs back there that hold the roof up. This is just a building. It's the people inside it that make it something different than just an auditorium. We are the church. The problem is, if we stop, if, if, if for years we fail to follow the leading of God, if we fail to understand discernment of, of, of the Holy Spirit, and we stop doing what he's called us to do, if we just gather together because we feel good together when we're here on Sunday, man, I like that, Richie, he plays a good tune. If we just come together and that's all this is, a, then this is just a building. And at some point it could be, it, who knows, Maybe it's no longer a church. Maybe it's a school. Maybe it's a town meeting place. Maybe this is, it becomes a movie theater. We already got the screens on the wall. If we are not, if we are not the church, this is just a building. Point in fact, drive out, is it Epping or Epsom? The Holy Grail? Used to, Epping. Used to be a church. Now it's a bar. If we fail to do what God has called us to do, this is just a building. Tap the keg and let's start a restaurant and make a profit. We are not just a building. We are a people so moved by God and following the Holy Spirit that we will do what he says. We will go where he leads. We will speak. We will love all people. Because everyone matters. Everyone matters. I love that I can look around the room and I can see people here right now. We've got the good, the bad, and the ugly in this room right now. You decide which one you are. I'm not going to point fingers. We have people of every class. That's who we are. That's who we're supposed to be. And it's a beautiful picture of the unity that God calls us to. Because it's all about Jesus. So abide in him. It's all about Jesus. Connecting to the church is not, is not abiding in Jesus. And it won't produce any fruit if... I went to a meeting. I attended the class. I signed my name, Whatever. If we've ever sent the message to you, if I've ever sent the message to you, if any of us here 
up here, standing here with a microphone in our hand, have ever sent the message to you that it's just about coming here on Sunday morning and just kind of checking the box? I'm sorry, because we sent you the wrong message. We are a people so moved by God that we will go and do and say whatever it is that he leads us to. All of us, not just, not just up here, not just these people. All of us, each and every one of us, that's who we are. We are God's church. We are the people bound together in this, in this relationship that we abide with Christ and we can do nothing without him. That's who we are. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we, write this down. Don't just look at me. <laughs> write this down. I feel like a bad teacher now. Or a mean teacher. A good teacher, but a mean one. Write this down, Ephesians 2.10. Read it later. I'll read it now, but you can read it later. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Before you were even born, we're reminded through, through Scripture that he knit you together in your mother's womb. He knew everything about you before you were even born. He created you. And he created you with his desire that you're going to do good things in your life. Not just because, you know, you smiled at the person or you, you know, the person that cut you off, you, you decided, you know, no, you're important to me. You're, you're more important than me. It's okay. I'm not going to let myself get upset. That, like, yay, gold star for you if you accomplish that. Those aren't the good works that I'm talking about. That's not the good works that he's talking about where he says, you were created in Christ Jesus for good works. You want to know what the good works are? Being obedient to him at all times. You know what sin is? Do you you know what sin is? Being disobedient to God. It's knowing what God wants you to do and then choosing not to do it. It's not just, you know, like, I... I looked at that lady and had really bad thoughts and then pursued her. It's not just um, stealing. It's not just killing. It's not just, you know, the lust. It's It's not just greed. It's also not doing what he's called you to. That's sin. And again, I'm sorry if we've ever led you to believe that it's just a matter of not doing the bad things. The works that we were destined for will only be done if we're in real relationship with Jesus Christ. They are born out of abiding in him. Yeah, but pastor, I do so many things and Man, I get so tired sometimes. It just, it it wipes me out. It's exhausting being this good. (laughs) I'm sure you're all doing lots of things. I mean, I I hear from people all the time, I I can't get together right now because I'm so busy. I can't go to life group because I'm so busy. I can't, I'd love to spend more time in God's word, but I'm so busy. I'm doing all kinds of things. Maybe you're too busy doing all the wrong things. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this afternoon, 
you know, after you come over to my house and shovel my driveway for me, <laughs> you sit down and watch the snow fall, drink a glass of tea or coffee, and you start writing down a to-do, a to-don't list. You, you start wiping off your calendar all the foolish things that you occupy your time with so that you can do the things that matter, so that you can put your time, your priorities, where are your priorities? What are the things, if you were to look at your calendar, if you were to look at your checkbook, what are you spending your money on? Because those are priorities. Where are you spending your time? Because those are priorities. What if you were to wipe some of those things away so that you can do the things that you say you want to be a priority in your life? It's all about Jesus and his mission. Man, I get so tired doing all that stuff. Matthew eleven twenty eight. You can write this one down too. Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're on the edge of burnout, maybe it's because you're doing all the wrong things and you're putting your hands to things that you're not meant to put your hands on. You're doing the things that, yeah, yeah, it's great, but there's no kingdom value. There's no eternal lasting fruit that's gonna come from those things. Stop wasting your time. Stop burning yourself out. Run to Jesus. Come to him. All who are tired, he'll give you rest. But he'll also show you. He says, learn from me. Learn from me. He'll show you. He wants to teach you a balanced rhythm in your life so that you're not going haywire all the time. It's all about Jesus and his mission. And when we stop doing the things we're not supposed to, we can get in tune with him and follow him wholeheartedly. Abide in me. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. We have an enemy. Satan. Satan? Church lady. We have an enemy. The devil. His desire is to steal, kill, and destroy to ruin you, to make you busy, to make you feel as though, man, I have to keep going. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And that, just, just get him on the hamster wheel and keep him busy and wear him out. That's part of his tactic, to steal, kill, and destroy. He's like a lion, Scripture talks about, seeking about who he may devour. Devour isn't a pretty word. If you've ever watched any of the Nat Geo specials, when lions rip apart things, it's not pretty. And that's his desire, is to tear you apart, to ruin your life. And he'll do it in lots of ways that you think are, this is great, this is good. He will deceive you. So Jesus tells us that the thief, the enemy, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy he finishes that statement, but I have come, and I have come to give you life, life to the full. Yes. There's words throughout Scripture. See, we, we say, give me, sorry, 
Give me Jesus. Just give, give me some Jesus. And we get our Jesus fixed. We, we come on Sunday morning. I, I got a little Jesus in me. I, I feel better today. Now I'll go about my day. I'll go about the week. But some point during the week, man, I, I'm getting a little thirsty. That's not the baptism water, this service. That was a really bad mistake for a service. Um, but throughout the week, we, we kind of get spent. We, we empty ourselves. And we need a little bit more Jesus. And so, you know, we get Jesus. But when, when we hear words like, you know, um, fill me up. You know, we'll sing songs. Fill me up. I think there's even a song, Come and Fill My Cup. Um, old song, sorry. Um, so we say, you know, give, give me Jesus. Give me, but just give me, give me just enough Jesus that I'm full to the brim. Don't make it messy. Don't, like, you know, I, so now I've got enough. I'm full. I'm full. Awesome. But throughout Scripture, you, you read words like abundance, overflowing. They were overcome. That's, that's not filled to the brim. Because you know what? Even, even when you've got this much Jesus fill in you throughout the week, well, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for people. I'm, 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 I'm ministering. I'm, I'm, I'm giving of myself, I'm serving, I'm, I'm doing some good stuff, I, I journaled. I, but you start getting empty again. You start, what, I guess I don't need this. What, what God's talking about is abundance, yes, is, is overflowing. That's the life, that's the life that we're called to right there. Some would say, oh my word, you just got the carpet messy. <laughs> Honestly, I don't give a rip about a wet carpet. What we need to be more concerned about than just the furnishings and what, what the, we need to be current, concerned if we're walking out of this building and we're not overflowing. The overflow isn't just for yourself, it's for everyone you encounter. The overflow is that you would go and you would be ministers of the gospel everywhere. And you would, you, you, the, the, the water would be hitting other people. The water, the water would, would be hitting. The water would be hitting all the people. <laughs> did, I, did I get you? The water, this is, look at, I'm not trying to be sensationalist here. I'm trying to be true, real life. If we're talking veritas, you know, the fancy Latin word for truth. If we're speaking truth here, the truth is that we need to be so full of what God is doing in our lives that it's pouring out. It's, 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 it's out of every pore of us. That's who we are as a church. That's who we have to be as a church. If that's uncomfortable, honestly, if, if, if you're saying, like, I don't know, you know, that, you're weird. If, if you want to go to a church that's m not messy, like, not, you know, that, that isn't weird, that doesn't do things that might be like, that's not normal. 
I, I have great connections with pastors all around Concord. And I can give you information about churches that you can go to. Honestly, I'm done being the pastor of a church who, who wants to play it safe. I don't want... If, if you're looking... Well, this isn't very nice. If you're looking for a safe place, I can point you in the right direction. But if you want to get messy, if, if you want to be full of the Holy Spirit, I said last week, second service, that we need to be known as a church full of people, full of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's who we need to be. That means that we're not afraid of a mess. We're not afraid of when uh, someone comes up and says, I, I think God is speaking to me and he wants me to share something with other people. We need to be open to all that. We need to be open. And I, I want you to read this week, Galatians chapter 5. It ends talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I, I want you to spend some time this week meditating on that. Not meditating like, oh, I know a yoga place that they'll, I can send you to if, you want, if, if that's what you're looking for. That's not us. But I'm saying meditate. I'm saying read that over and over again. And search within your own heart. Where are the things that you need more? Peace and joy and patience. Gentleness. Self-control. I know I missed one. Long-suffering. That's patience, isn't it? Love. Kindness. Kindness, yeah. Just a little tenderness. Um, we need to be a church full of the Holy Spirit. Each of us. Again, not a building. Not when you walk in and go, wow, I hit the Holy Spirit because it's so full in it. That each of us, our own personal lives, we are full of the Holy Spirit. That wherever you go, you're obedient to His leading. You'll care for and minister to anyone that He's leading you to. That's who we are. I'm done playing church. My prayer is that you are too. That we would get real with God, that we would connect, we would abide in Him, and we would move forward. And as we move forward, everything changes. Nothing stays the same. Because God is not a boring God who just, let's just make sure you know what to expect every week. Father, I pray for each person here. God, that we would fully experience you. And as we fully experience you, God, we would move in the fullness of you. God, you would have our hearts so much that we are completely sold out for you. Nothing stops us. Nothing hinders us. Nothing keeps us from doing what you've called us to do. Because you're... We have your power. You have given it to us. The authority that you gave to us is what we need, Lord. And so we, we ask that you would continue to pour into our lives 
that you would continue to move in our lives, God, that each week we would find people healed. We would see lives that were broken, that are now restored. God, you would reclaim all that has been attempted to be stolen. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you would like to know more about Grace Capital Church or how to get a copy of this broadcast, please visit us online at gccnh.com.